0: And Welcome to Fresh Voices, the podcast where we tell stories and learn new perspectives. I'm Julia Pinney, and today I'm here with Arisayid Gonzalez-Porras
1: to talk about her experience being undocumented. Arisayid, would you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Arisayid Gonzalez-Porras, and I'm an undocumented student here at Georgetown. I was born in Mexico, but I grew up my whole life in Mesa, Arizona.
0: And would you talk about your family's path to the United States, how you guys decided to come here?
1: Yeah, so my parents had been recently married for, like, about a year, and that's when I was born. But they didn't have, like, a permanent house. So we were constantly jumping from household to household. So for, like, a month, they would stay with my grandma um, on my dad's side, and then they would stay a month on my grandma's from my mom's side. And so we would just be jumping around. And what my dad, um, his job was selling, like, fruit. So, like, pineapples, watermelons um but then like something happened where like the prices started going down really low and i recently find out the reason why was because of nafta and so like my dad was didn't have a stable job and then my mom couldn't work cuz i think she found out that she was pregnant with my younger brother and so like the stability with income was just not well and so when my dad found out that my mom was having her second child he was like well i heard america is really good And at the time, like, my uncle had already crossed the border. And so he's like, come, join me. and It's much better. And so, like, my parents had, like, a year and something of marriage. So when my dad left, my mom was like, I'm never going to see him again. And so, like, she's like, this is where our marriage ends. Like, he left me with two children. Because when men tend to, like, move, they forget that they have a family back home or just things happen. So, like, it was a common thing around their neighborhood. And so... Um, my mom didn't hear from him for seven days. And apparently, like, my dad got lost in the desert. And so he she, like, thought he was dead, like, that's it. And then she finally got the phone call. It's like, I'm here. And he portrayed America to be this beautiful, amazing place and, like, that he had a house and a nice bed. And so he's like, I'm going to work. He worked for, like, six months or something to raise money to be able to cross us as well. But because she had two young children, we couldn't cross like walking um, through the border. So we just um, did it in a form where like we got a visa and then crossed the border with my mom and like, but they made me go in like a different van. And so I got separated from my mom for a bit. And my mom was like super scared. My little brother was around six months, still breastfeeding. And she was saying like, they were so scared. They had to come up with like a backstory in case they got stopped by border patrol. Um, Thankfully it was like raining. So there wasn't that many checkpoints and they just passed through, got to Tucson, and like the first thing she said that she remembers when she got there is that I was at a couch eating pizza when like we got reunited. And
0: when you were growing up and uh, your dad was uh, in Arizona and you were still in Mexico, did you know what was going on or is it only in retrospect that you've kind of learned um, this whole story?
1: I It was just through storytelling because I have no memory, I was one. Oh, okay. I I was one and I, there's a picture where I'm on the phone with my dad and my mom's like yeah he was already in the United States and I just always look at that picture I'm like that's crazy like I didn't have a dad from here." And
0: how do you think that your experience in elementary school was different because of your history because of being undocumented?
1: Well when I was in like kindergarten my biggest barrier was language because I came in only knowing Spanish and so I remember in kindergarten, they would ask me, like, when's your birthday? And I would be like, I'm six. Like, that's not what they were asking. But then I remember it like, picked up the language pretty quick because by first grade, I had it down. So it wasn't much about, like, my status. It was more towards, like, as fifth and sixth grade started to approach that, my life became a little bit different because that's when field trips started coming up. And, like, we're going to California and we're going here. And I'm like, my mom's like, you can't go. But then I'd be like, why? Like, that's not fair and it was just this fear that if the bus got stopped for whatever reason and like they would ask for paperwork I didn't have that and like they didn't have the foundation or the trust to tell the teachers like she can't travel so the teachers would just find it odd but didn't ask for their questions so I don't know if some for some like they might have known but they just didn't push it.
0: And then socially, did your status ever come up in fourth, fifth grade? Or was this, again, something you still kept in your family, kept to yourself?
1: Yeah, so it was this, like, common understanding within our family. You don't tell anyone. Um, No one needs to know. No one should know. And so it was, like, blend in. Don't, like, make yourself different or unique in any way. And at that time, I was also very, very shy. And I don't know if that had to do, like, a component with it, but, like, yeah, I kept to myself, and I, I'm sure I had friends that were undocumented, but they didn't speak of it. I didn't speak of it, so it wasn't something that we bonded over.
0: But how did how did you know? What was there like an unspoken uh, knowledge I between think so. you and your well, undocumented
1: like, friends? Once you find out, like they speak Spanish, or they're like, oh, your parents are Mexican, because back home that's all you meet Mexicans, and so um, it, yeah, it was like this unspoken thing that you somehow knew. And it also is like, well, they weren't traveling, they weren't doing fun things over the summer. So you could kind of narrow it down between those who went to Rocky Point for the summer and those who stayed in their house for the whole summer. Okay, and what's, what's Rocky Point? Rocky Point is this tourist place in Mexico okay. that everyone back home goes to. Okay,
0: great. Um, and how did that change going into middle school and high school? Did you, what, what do you think of as the point when you started becoming more open about your status, about your story?
1: So, I actually did not was not open at all, okay. Um, until I got to college, and so in high school, I knew that I wanted to go to college, but I didn't know like the process or the steps, so I like researched a lot of the stuff on my own. And my cousin had like so, we went through this whole thing where Arizona passed a law called SB 1070, mm-hmm. and so that was like racially profiling anyone that looked brown. So, the cops, sheriffs had the capacity or like the it was a policy that they could ask you whether you are a citizen or not and you have to answer. And so my parents were just terrified. And right before that law passed, my mom actually got stopped by a sheriff and was threatened that if they ever found her driving again, they wouldn't just deport her, they would deport our entire family. So literally after that moment, I was around like 10 or 11, we packed up our bags and left to New Mexico. And because New Mexico had this reputation of being more friendly with immigrants. And so when we got there, it was like three families living in one household and us going to like sixth grade was now considered middle school over there and their schools over there are bilingual. So it was this whole new different introduction, but we were only there for six months because my parents couldn't find a job. So then our family decided to come back to Arizona and our other family members stayed there because my cousin was in high school already and he had been accepted to University of New Mexico on a full-ride scholarship. It was like a lottery-based scholarship and like they didn't really care about um, citizenship back at, at that point. And so it was like this big thing, but my parents are like, well, you'll find a way in Arizona. And so I was kind of alone, kind of not, but the way he went through it, he's like, I just got very lucky. And so, but I knew and I worked so hard in high school that I wanted something more, um, something bigger. And so I, I I, don't think I had as much fun in high school because I was so worried about my status. And I had internalized all of this. So a lot of the times I felt alone, even though I had family members that were going through it too. But we just, even within our own family, we didn't talk about it. Like, what does this mean for us? And so um, I did the college process. I did all the programs that I could think of. And then when I got accepted at Georgetown, and I came to visit for Hoya Saxa weekend, someone um, came out to me, like undocumented, and I looked at him like with this petrified face, like, what are you doing? Why are you saying this out loud? He's like, it's okay, Like, there's this whole organization, this whole movement, and I think that was my first time ever interacting with someone that was undocumented. In, a, in an open way. In an open way, yeah. yeah. And so um, I went back, and I was like, why am I so scared? And I started telling teachers and counselors, and at first, it some were shocked, some weren't, um, just because the way I portrayed myself and like little questions that I would hesitate to answer and stuff like that. Um, and then friends were like, "What does that mean? Like, are you a are you a criminal?" And like they were questions that were like ignorant, but also like I was like, "I understand that you don't know what this means."
0: Yeah, I was curious if you were frustrated by having to educate people.
1: At that time, no. Because I, it was all new for me, too. So it was kind of like, I'm open to anything. I will ask, answer any questions. But like as time goes on, it does start to get a little frustrating and like, and overwhelming to have to answer so many questions. But at the same time, I'm like, I'd rather answer your questions accurately than you getting it through media and like not getting the full answer to your questions.
0: What do you think are some of the misconceptions that people are learning from the media about immigrants?
1: Um... Well, first one is like that we're all criminals, um, because that's not the true. That's not the case, right? I'm not a criminal, but also the word criminal in itself is a very specific word chosen by this govern by this government by this administration, right? Because like a someone could have gotten like a ticket with traffic or like got a parking ticket, um, was caught jaywalking, little things like that, and already that's considered a criminal in their definition but the thing is that when you hear the news criminal you think of like murder um like they had a weapon or some sort of something like that when that's not the case so when people have these deportation orders it's people that are like family members with the traffic ticket but that's not being told in the news and then there's all this other misconception like we're feeding off like we're on welfare and we're a drain to this economy. If you're undocumented, you cannot qualify for any of that. You cannot qualify for healthcare or um, welfare or food stamps, like, we can't qualify for any of that. We actually contribute to social security because we're paying so many taxes. But then, like, like, having to justify why we deserve a pathway to citizenship is also exhausting because we don't need to justify it. We're human beings and we just, like, deserve respect and morality Um, so there's you always see all these things on social media with like they pay taxes and they do this and look at doing their their valedictorians in high schools and going to Ivy Leagues but that certain narrative is also excluding like a wide range of people. Can you talk
0: about the power of sharing stories to maybe counteract Mm -hmm. those narratives that are being forwarded by the media?
1: Yeah so um, it actually just happened like two days ago I was sharing my story with someone because they had never met someone that was undocumented like they've heard it but they're like yeah I just thought it was something further away from me not on my canvas and they're like yeah I would see this like undoc- do you guys do week and I was like yeah that was us so I started telling them the history and then specifically just like my story because each story is different Right? You're gonna meet someone else that's undocumented that probably had a completely different experience based on a geographic location. And so when I share my story, I, I attach a face to an issue. So every time you're gonna hear the news like undocumented or illegal aliens, you're gonna turn around and think of me and be like, wow, I know someone that's being affected by this policy. I'm gonna text her and be like, is she okay? Is this important? What should I do? And so like, little by little, without you knowing it, you become more aware. And so I think that's the power of storytelling. And, like, it it empowers other people as well to feel comfortable. It's like, wow, she's undocumented, and she just came out just like that, just like that one kid did with me. And so that empowered me. And hopefully, like, by me sharing my story it empowers someone else to be brave enough to go out there and, like, also share their story. Thank you.
0: Could you talk about uh, your path to organizing, your path to working with United We Dream? Could you talk
1: a little bit about what United We Dream uh, fights for? Mm-hmm. So first, United with Dream is like the largest immigrant youth-led nonprofit in the U.S. Um, it was, I don't know what year it was founded, but it was founded by Christina, um, I forgot her last name. But it, it's more to like fight for immigrant youth. Um, because like they say the original dreamers are our parents which is true but a lot of them are just really scared and or have a legitimate fear to come out because they're not protected whatsoever but you see this rise in like youth it's like we've had enough our parents have had enough and so we became like this voice for the movement and before I knew any of this I kind of just joined because I was like I want to know more about what this meant for me what how like my status has shaped who I am and I went into the space like very open-minded but also very naive because like being so open about who you are also carries a lot of emotional challenges within yourself because every time I share my story or every time I'm like mobilizing or organizing it does emotionally like chip at you one thing at a time and like I myself didn't know that this was happening to me until like I would have breakdowns occasionally and I was like where is this coming from? And so, like little by little, I've been learning more about myself and like what that has entailed. But like, I like my path to organizing has just been like, it's, it hasn't been like one route, right? Like people tell you with careers and stuff, there's so many ways. And mine was just, I think, random. I would describe it random and lucky, because if he wouldn't have taken me to that meeting, I would have never been introduced to United with Dream or maybe as a sophomore or junior later on, I would have, but not so early as a freshman.
0: Yeah, would you Would you tell that story again about being taken to that first meeting?
1: Yeah, so um, it was it was really random, too. He's like, so you know, there's a uni- an organization called United with Dream. They're having a meeting today. Do you want to come? And I was like, sure. Like, I kind of just Googled real quick what it meant, and then I saw all these people. And this with, was like, a
0: friend you met at Georgetown when you came to Georgetown? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and they were these shirts that said Clean Dream Act with um, orange, they were orange with orange beanies that also said Clean Dream Act, and I started doing my own little research, like, oh, that's a pathway to citizenship, that's exactly what I need, and so when we went to that meeting, I, like, introduced myself to Claudia, and she was like, oh, we're, like, it's always great to see new faces and new youth,
0: and... Claudia Claudia's the field organizer for United We Dream's yes. D- uh, DMV office. Yeah, so
1: she was one of the main, like, persons doing the organizing, and... I remember just kind of feeling uncomfortable because these were everyone in that room was affected in some way and I think that was the biggest space that I've ever been in with so many people affected um so I didn't know how to feel and then like they're like oh we're having this poster making um for this event that's happening are you interested and I was like why not and then that's when I tagged my friend along and from that point on I was like doing sit-ins and like I remember it was my prom of God final and we were doing a sit-in for Senator Bill Nelson to like come out publicly to support the Clean Dream Act because at the time when they were going to pass a bill they wanted to attach all these other bills and funding for the border wall and they were saying like no it needs to be clean it needs to be without any of those attachments and he just wouldn't come out. And so I remember getting a text after class. It's like, we're doing a sit in, a sleepover, actually. Sleepover, yeah. (laughs) Bring your sleeping bag, toothbrush, and pajamas. And I was like, I don't have pajamas. (laughs) And they're like, it's okay, just come. And I was like, okay. And I I go with my friend. um, And we're like, what are we doing? And then they're Facebook Live too. And they're like, look, two Georgetown students working on their finals. Um, That's dedication and we're like looking at each other like this is facebook live this is at least reaching twenty thousand people and i remember my cousin does a shout out and it's like shout out to my cousin from new mexico and i was like okay now this has definitely gone big what what have i done right and at that time i hadn't even asked my parents if this was okay like because if i come out as undocumented that's also outing my parents as undocumented and then after that i remember having a phone call with my parents saying like you know i'm doing this is this okay and my, I remember my mom saying, like, this is so much bigger than us. That's all she said. And so I took that as a go-ahead. <laughs> and I haven't stopped since.
0: Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, um, thank you for really, this opportunity. Yeah, I really appreciate hearing your story and how open you are about your past and how it's brought you to the work you do today. Mm-hmm. Did my conversation with Ari Saeed today make you think about a story you've always wanted to tell? Is there an opinion you hold that you've always wanted to talk about? send me an email at jtp65 at georgetown.edu. Saeed, any last words for our listeners?
1: Yeah, so if my story has in any reason mobilized you into wanting to join the movement, please do. Like, you don't have to be super committed like I am and attend every rally and protest. But a simple phone call to your congressman or to your senator does make a huge difference. You spreading awareness to your family members and what, being undocumented really means in our society, not what social media portrays does make a huge difference. And even just saying, I have someone that's undocumented. I want to learn more. Come to our events um, that are hosted by Hoyas for Immigrant Rights. We have a lot planned this summer or for this semester. And so I hope to see you there. Great. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Before I sign off, I'd like to thank Pana, the Voices podcast editor, for the fantastic intro music, and give her a shout-out, along with Peter, the assistant podcast editor, for making these episodes sound so good. I hope you'll tune in to the next installment of Fresh Voices. Thanks for listening.